0: Journey that we have never taken before. This is the first time I've ever been led to do what we are doing tonight and going forward. And that's the excitement. Just knowing that God is called a meeting. And unlike anything else that we've known, He is the center, central focus of this entire 21 days. In Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are lab- that labor and are heavy laden. So everything that's mitigating against our success, against our joy, fulfillment, satisfaction, whatever you want to name it, Jesus tells us it's finally in him. This is not a meeting on how five steps to peace or five steps to prosperity or five steps to joy or to healing, not that anything is wrong with those things. There is a place for all of those things. But this meeting, going forward, is a meeting about one person only. Jesus plus nothing. Because in him, we find the satisfaction for everything that we're looking for. Amen? So I want to welcome you to this bridegroom fast. And I pray that God will strengthen you, will help you, and that at the end of the day, all of us will have fallen in love that much more. Amen? Amen. So, for this journey, we are going to go to the gospel of St. John as we promised and anticipated. This is going to be like a catechism. (laughs) Straight out. Verse by verse. And we say how far God will take us. And the expectation is anything that God wants to emphasize as we are reading verse by verse, we take a pause, we emphasize it, we talk about it. Amen? Amen. But I think what, 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 what I'm expecting, what I'm anticipating is, unlike anything else, we're going to allow this Bible to speak to us itself. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So immediately here we see verse 2 qualify verse 1. In case we are wondering who was the word in verse 1. This word that was with God in verse 1. And this word that we are told was God in verse 1. Verse 2 immediately qualifies this verse. So these first 2 verses tells us of the pre-existence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he personal pronoun. is used not to describe the word that was in the beginning, the word that was with God, and the word that was God. So you know clearly here, John is speaking about a person. Now, why should we be comforted in knowing that this person of Jesus was at the beginning? Or that he existed before Mary saw him? It is important to know that and to resolve that because what that does for us is to assure us that time does not change him. If you saw me 20 years ago, I didn't look like this. If you saw me 20 years before then, I didn't look like that. But time has a way of changing all of us. When you resolve this, then you can understand why God said, I'm the Lord, I change not. Before the beginning was, it was. When you read this and understand this, now you can understand why you can say, why you can say in John chapter 8, before Abraham was, I am. Because he was the word. He was with God. And the word was God. And the Bible says in verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Amen? Amen? So this settles for us the fact that Jesus existed before he became flesh. He is God. The book of John addresses that head on. It did not allow us to get into the middle of the book, the end of the book. This very introduction is, listen, I'm introducing to someone who is deity. Amen? Now, so we know he existed in the beginning. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through him. Now, that would have been sufficient. But John wanted to emphasize that. He said, all things are made through him. What is excluded from that? Nothing. Nothing. But he did not want me and you to think about it or guess about it or even debate it. So he goes on and says, comma, and without him, nothing was made that was made. I don't know what you can think of tonight. God wants you to know he's the author of the creation of whatever he is. And as you ponder on that, don't let's get too far away. Think about us ourselves. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Which means God is saying here, he's putting put the stamp of his authorship, of his creation on our heads. Bank, I made you. Tunde Loye, I made you. Whoever you are, God wants you to know, without, you won't be here. He's laying a claim and ownership to all of creation, including us. And at the end, towards the end, I'm going to, I'm going to ask us a question relevant to that. Amen? Verse 4. We're making progress in our catechism. <laughs> Verse 4. In him, was life. And the life was the light of man. So not only is he telling us that he created everything, he's also letting us know that he's the author of life and living. And the life that he gives or that emanates from him is light of man. Now, I would not want us to just equalize that light that's been spoken up there to just electricity. In him was life and that life is the light of men. It's not just talking about being able to see in the light. He's talking about advancement. He's talking about uh, enhancement of life, quality of living. We can go anywhere today, anywhere in the world today, and where there is much darkness, where there's no Jesus, where there is no where you do not have a saturation of the gospel, you can readily see it in how much darkness is in the place. That's not even you don't you don't, I mean, that's not even rocket science. Amen? So, Jesus is saying in him, the Bible is saying for Jesus, in him is life, and the life is the light of man. When Jesus comes in a person's life, he brings advancement, he brings abundance, he brings enlightenment, he brings a quality of living. The Bible says uh, in the book of, uh, what book is that? It talks about how uh, the thief comes not but to steal and kill and to destroy. But as Jesus comes to give life and to give what? More abundantly. He comes to give it more abundantly. The quality, and this is why I want us to be really challenged all through this period of time. There is something that the life of God must be doing in all of us. It is not sufficient to just say, I know Jesus. I receive this life. That life must translate into something substantive. If we turned off these lights in this room now, it becomes dark. We can see. But once we turn them on, all of a sudden, we can see everything. We can see one another. We can see things around us. That's the same thing that the life of God should be doing in our lives. Others should be able to see something in us that say, whoa, this is unique. This is different. There is something about you. Because that life of God demands that. The life of God demands a change. Just as electricity in the room changes and chases away the darkness. So in him was life. And the life is the light of men. We should be praying. Father, I thank you for the life that came through Jesus. I want that life manifest through light in my life. Those are prayer points that we should be praying. Because this is what the Bible says it is. It's life. We should not be content with a religion or Christianity or Christianity, if I can use that word, that just says I know Jesus and nothing changes hello okay verse 5 and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it now verses 6 through 13 begins to introduce John the Baptist verse 6 there was a man sent from God whose name was John this man came for a witness to be a witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to be a witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay, let, let me just take a pause there. So here we are introduced to John the Baptist. And we are told that John the Baptist's rule was to witness to the light. So that through John the Baptist, the witness of the light will go all around all those that are around him. I'm sure what God did through John the Baptist is seeking to do through us. That as we see the light, we should be able to be a witness of the light. And others around us should be able to testify that indeed you've seen what? The light. That was John's role. And he fulfilled it perfectly. May God help us that as we have the light in us, that we, like John the Baptist, will be able to be a witness, a true witness about the light that we have in Jesus' name. Verse 10 says he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Now what, what, what isn't that amazing? Let's pause for a minute. Why did the world not recognize him when he came? How is that even possible? Is it possible for you and I to enter our house, our homes and our home or house do not recognize that we are the owner? Hello? He was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him. Now, this is the point I want to make here. Jesus came to the world without making any noise. He came to his own creation. He didn't make noise. So much so, his simplicity defied his own creation. His creation expected an announcement. It expected a certain human protocol. And it totally, completely, uh, this is hard. Well, it's not really hard an easy way to to put this in the contemporary terms for us. A year ago, two years ago, three years ago, the narrative of the Catholic Church was was a disaster, wasn't it? Every night on the nightly news, when you hear about the Catholic Church, what do you hear? Abuse, abuse, perversion, a priest being sued, over and over and over. I don't care what state it is, it's all over. It was going on on a regular, consistent basis. Did we not hear it? In less than one year, that narrative changed. When was the last time you heard of a priest abuse in the Catholic Church? Is it that the abuse itself has stopped? Maybe not. I don't know. But the narrative changed because they elected a new pope, who totally, completely departed from the protocol and the tradition of the predecessors before him. He simply chose to make no more noise. And rather than the press, the media, focusing on the abuse and all the Terrible things happening in the church. He became the wonder boy. So much so that Time Magazine made him the man of the year. The narrative has changed. The point I'm making is Jesus who created the entire universe came to his own world. He didn't make noise. No pomp. No pageantry. No noise. And by so doing, having created you and I in his own image and likeness, tried to say to us, this is the way to walk. Now, I'm not sure if I was God if I I would have done it like this. Because the truth of the matter is, because of the way he did it, the elders and the priests of his day, they had a hard time knowing that Jesus had arrived. Because they expected noise. But he was in the world. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Now, verse 11. Let's move on. He came to his own. And his own did not receive him. So you have two categories of people here. That Jesus is dealing with first of all, general world, the entire world. He came, they didn't pay attention. Okay, so maybe they not pay attention. Then the Bible now tells us he came to his own, and even his own had challenges in receiving him. Specifically, here his own will be the Jews. Okay, let's move on. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. Ah, the next sentence is very key. We're going to address this next Sunday. To those who believe in his name. And this is very important as we are getting introduced to this Lord Jesus Christ here. The key here that we've seen so far in relating to God, from what we've seen in scripture here, clearly is my willingness to believe in his name. Those are the ones to which he gave the power to become the children of God. Ah, let me just say something here. The power to deal with the sin issue lies with God. The power to deal with the sin nature in man, to deal with the sin issue, and to deliver man from sin lies in God. There is not a thing bank, knee, bread can do about that. But when it comes to relating to that God and receiving what he has done for us, for man, our role is to believe. It doesn't matter how much you know about what he did, how he did it and all of that stuff. If you don't believe it, it won't won't do you any good. The only people to whom he gave the power, which that word power means authority and ability. The power to become that children of God is those who believe in his name. You need to ask yourself tonight, did you believe? That's the question. When you read this in the Amplified Translation, it lets you know believing is not just something you do and you sit down. No. Believing means you believe it and you're actively living it out. You behave what you believe. So, as far as God is concerned, there's no thing, there's no such as me believing one way and acting differently. My action confirms what I believed. I, I'm, 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 I'm making sure we, we see that. But as, but as many, oh man, God help me, give me verbiage to explain this. Because look at verse 10. It tells us, he came to the world, they didn't, they didn't respond. He came to his own, they didn't respond. Is it, that I was, is it that there were not people among his own folks who said, ah, Jesus, you're the real deal. They may have said it, but there was no corresponding action to what they were saying. They were just merely giving lip service to something and said they didn't receive, they didn't believe. So we must be actively praying for the Holy Spirit to enable us to not just have a mental assent as to who he is. But father, I believe. And if like you are like the guy in Mark chapter 9, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I have a general belief that Jesus, you are God. Hey, but in this situation, I don't know. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Because the believing is a key factor. Only those who overcome that obstacle get to have the power to become the children of God. Now, verse 13, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Basically, uh, he's talking about, how, how do I, he's talking about uh, our, our born again experience. We were not born of blood. You cannot say, well, I want to be a child of God because I was born in England. That won't work. It, it, that's, that's not, it has nothing to do with that. Or I was born in Israel. Nothing to do with that. of no, the will of the flesh. It's not something that somebody makes a decision as to what, you, okay, you know what? Ah, I like lucky. I'm, I, I want lucky to be in the kingdom of God. God, and admit him. It's not possible. It's not possible. You can't make that happen. You can't make that happen. Not of the will of man, but of God. So God clearly here wants us to know salvation was initiated by him. And he's the only one that can save or rescue us or deliver us. It has to be of God. Verse 14. And the word, remember this word was the one we read in verse 1. Okay? Now, God is about to do something here. First it tells us about the fact that Jesus existed before time. Then we saw the witness of John the Baptist. Now, he's about to get involved in our world, if you will. So in verse 14, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. This is talking about the incarnation of the Lord Jesus now. This is when he packed and wrapped himself in human flesh to be born into our world so he can demonstrate to us what living in the kingdom of God looks like. So we can have a picture, an example of what it means to be a son of God, a child of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And my prayer for all of us is that we'll just not read the logos of the word of God, or even receive its rhema, but that the word of God that we receive and experience will become flesh. What that means literally is the word of God being, coming alive in your life. That's what makes it flesh. It's not just, this example here of the word becoming flesh, it's not just something that will be unique to the Lord Jesus alone. As you and I receive the word of God, and appropriate by faith the promise of that word, the result becomes the flesh that everybody will see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you believe God, and the word of God you believe comes to pass, and it's evident in your life, that word has been taken away from the library of just being a logos. It's become experiential. We can see it, we can touch it, we can handle it. Yes, it's true. It came to pass. That's the flesh. And I trust that in this 2014, for all of us, entering into that finished work of God, resting in God and his security will become flesh to us in Jesus' name. Because the only person that can make it flesh is the person we are encountering now. Learning and seeing Jesus in Bible colors. Straight, as God describes it. Amen? So, and the world became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. That's what we're talking about. You see? They beheld it. They saw it. They beheld his glory. The glory as, of, as the the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. I mean, look at that revelation. John recognizes that even though physically he was born ahead of Jesus, in the physical, Yet, by revelation, I said you know what? God has whispered this in my ears. I'm pointing to some man. I'm telling you, this man actually not only is he preferred above me, he was before me. Because he's lived before. He lived before just coming to this right. Awesome. And I'm praying that faith will begin to arise in our hearts. That we're going to see Jesus as not. It's not just a color book Jesus. No, this is a real entity. He is the Son of God. He's alive and he's well death could never have held him because he came before death came. There's no way death could have held him. Before death ever entered, he existed. It's not possible. It's not possible. Verse 16. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses. Where grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think we're gonna, that's going to that's a major theme. Uh, we better not try to unpack that here tonight, because we will not do it any justice. But just suffice it to say, the best that Moses could do, and he did, he did what he did what God gave him. The Bible says he was a faithful son, he was a faithful servant. But the best he could do was give us the law, and the law served its purpose. It became the schoolmaster that merely just pointed to another day, another era. L- let me let me just say this to us tonight: the law was never given to us, to me and you. I'm not I'm not Jewish. The law was given to Israel. Now, there are principles in the law. What God has said now in Hebrews, He has now written by His Spirit in our own hearts. So now, unlike Moses, I don't have to have a ten commandment that says that shall not kill. It's written in my heart. I don't have to have a law that says that shall not commit adultery. No, it's in my heart. The law was given to Israel because it was, Israel was a prototype nation, And even in and of that it pointed to Jesus. I mean, we, we, I, I can just about all through those OT uh, principles show you Jesus. It's all over the book. It's all over the thing. But God just showed it to them in picture form. Until such a time when the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed to us. And the only reason I share that tonight is just so you can estimate what Jesus has done for us. Huge. Huge. That you and I do not have to live under the law. In fact, you don't have to think too far to really even see that. There were other nations on the earth when when Israel was around in the Old Testament. Did God give them that law? No. It was to Israel. (laughs) Okay. I'll need to do that at the time where you can ask me questions. (laughs) Because I, I, can see, I can see the clock in the heads just going off. I, I just dropped my ball. No, but that's the truth. And it will was, it was stand the test of time. Moses was the mediator of the old covenant. The old covenant was given to Israel, not to Egypt, not to Moab. No, Israel. Okay? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared it. Now, let me just go to the end of John quickly and then we're going to wrap up to begin to go home. In John chapter 20, let me just show you actually I should have done this at the beginning. John chapter 20. In verse 30, John 20 verse 30, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may what? Amen. Don't forget that. That's the key in everything we are talking about and in everything everything we're going to be talking about in the future. Huge. So these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may have life in his name. So the point here being, that's the conclusion of John. Everything that we are reading tonight, we'll be reading in the next few days, is only to bring you and I to a point of belief that Jesus is the Christ. Number one. But secondly, that in believing, we will have life. Remember what life is all about. Transformation. So it's not just a mere lip service that, you know what, I have life. Show me your life. Where are your goods? Because the truth of the matter is everywhere Jesus went in his earthly ministry, everywhere he went, he caused a revolution or a revolution or what was the other word? What did he say? He caused either a revival or a revolution. People just either reviled, reviled him or he revived them. You had to take a position. Amen? Let me just jump to verse 29. The next day, John 1, 29. Jesus coming toward him. No, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the point I was making earlier. Taking care of sin belongs to God. Jesus came and the announcement was made. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of man, of the world. I can't take it away, but God can. But the interesting thing what there was, he just did not announced the fact that Jesus was on the scene, he told them the Lamb of God. Because in that Jewish mind, it was steeped with Old Testament rituals where lambs were sacrificed. They knew. They knew without a shadow of doubt. When John made that announcement that this is a lamb that would ultimately take away their sins. That lamb is here now. The Lamb of God has come and he has paid the sacrifice so that you and I would no longer be estranged from a God that loves us so dearly, so holy. And that because of the price that he paid as the Lamb of God, that the bridge between man and God can forever be breached. The issue is do we believe it? And if we believe it, are we willing to allow him to live through us to show the manifestation of what he came to do? Number one question I want to ask us tonight. We read where he said he made everything. And nothing was made except that he made it. Psalms 139 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about this. If God made you, he designed you for something. What are you doing with that design? He made everything. So for me and you, we need to be about what we are designed for. Now, we cannot do that on our own. Let me just quickly say that to us. There is there's no amount of New Year's resolutions that we can make to get us to do what we are designed for. So, not, I'm not talking about works now. Please. You're not gonna, I don't want you to go home and write down. All the, no, no, that's not the point. The point is, acknowledging that apart from him, you can never accomplish it. Acknowledging and getting to a place and saying, Jesus, I need you activating in me the purpose of my design. You need to ask him to do that secondly as we get ready to go tonight and i want you to ponder this tomorrow all night he gave life and he gave us light therefore the least he can ask is that we be accountable for the life he's given us we should he should be able to ask bank bank what are you doing with my life in you what are you doing with why do you have my life what are you doing with it I gave that life, there's a reason as a master builder, as a master investor, I'm not giving just for giving, I gave it because I'm looking for some results so there's the issue of design then there's the issue of the accountability amen Jesus is the son of God and he wants to live out his life through us so hopefully in the next days to come, we're going to put a picture together of who he is, so we can have a good picture or can we just stand to our feet for right now? And in the next few minutes that we have left, let us consider how we're going to respond to him. How we're we going to respond to him. What I'd like for us to do tonight is just spend a few minutes in praying one for another. If you just find a partner next to you or behind you or in front of you, let's just minister to one another. Has the Holy Spirit to speak to you concerning the person you're holding or the person you're praying with. Has the Holy Spirit to make clear The image of Jesus that all of us should receive. We don't want photocopies. We don't want counterfeits. We want the real real deal. Ask God to open the eyes of the understanding of the person you are praying with. We don't want the picture of what the world has painted Jesus to be. But we want the picture of the Jesus that God sent. Next, pray for them about the design of God concerning their life. Father, why did you design me? What's the purpose of my design? What am I supposed to be giving back to you? What am I supposed to be doing with the design you've given me? Or you've made of me? What is the end result? What is the goal? What is the purpose of this design? And lastly, let's trust God tonight that the life of God that we have received will become flesh in every situation in all of our lives. He's given us life and he's given it to us more abundantly. And so let's believe God for the manifestation of the life of God that is in every man, every woman, every child. Thank you, Father, for your life. Thank you for your light that's shining forth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being the word in our life. You say that the entrance of your word in us will give us light. It will give us understanding. We receive the word of God, Jesus himself, in every life here tonight in the name of Jesus. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let us attend it unto your word. Let us incline our ears unto your sayings. Help us to not let it depart from our face, but let us hide your word in the midst of our heart in these days to come, because they are life unto us, and health and medicine to all of our flesh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are thanking you tonight. We bless you for the revelation of the Lord Jesus. We want to know you. This is the essence of eternal life. He said, eternal life is to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so Jesus, we make you our central focus. We want to know you. We want to experience you. Lord Jesus, he said, when we seek you, we will find you. And so tonight, and in days to come, we are seeking your face. Thank you, Father. Because he said, when we call on you, you answer us and show us great and mighty things of which we know not. And so we have an expectation of you tonight, Lord God. Thank you for revealing yourself. Thank you for showing yourself to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your light and your life that is in us. We do not take it for granted. Holy Spirit of God, I thank you That even in the night hour, as we sleep and lay down, you will yet begin to speak to us, reveal the Son of God, Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And so, Father, we just thank you tonight. We bless your name as we afflict our souls to align ourselves with your purpose and your will concerning us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this first day. And that you, who have begun a good work, you will perfect and finish everything that concerns your people. Thank you for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He that existed from the beginning. We receive him as such tonight. We thank you. The faith is arising within us. We are believing you for who you are. We are no longer going to make a caricature of who you are. You are a great, mighty God. You are the everlasting one. You are the prince of peace. We receive you. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us with an everlasting love. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you for joining us as we go home. Thank you for a great day tomorrow in our workplace, in the marketplace, in schools, wherever we find ourselves. Thank you, Father God. That you cause our hand to profit. We honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you.